Hello. Hello. How's your week? I Good. don't remember anything extraordinary, so. Well, you got tattooed today. That is true, and you I got did one, get a like, surprise tattoo seven days ago, so. That was seven days ago? It was like a week ago, I think. Oh my gosh. I know. Shout out to Miranda. She's dope. <laughs> That's pretty dope. My knee hurts. Meanwhile, I can't fucking, for the life of me, get the tattoo artist to finish my fucking sleeve. I forgot what it was called for a second. But I couldn't, <laughs> my I, skin. I, my skin. My skin arm. <laughs> my skin art. My skin arm, the thing that goes colored in. I've literally paid him thousands of dollars to do this, and he has he just, like, ghosted me. Yeah, kind of a total dick move. Total dick move, right? Yeah. All right, so if you know any, like, good traditional artists that can fucking finish this, that would be outstanding. Email us at whonewpodcast666 at gmail.com. Yes, um, Jack has no preference. He just wants to fill it in, so anything. With traditional. American traditional. American traditional, as long as there's no boobies. I Right. Nothing that's going to get me fired. Yeah. Remember, um, he's still a popo. <laughs> Apparently, there's like, that policy is still... That we have to like submit all of our tattoos yep. to the chief. Yep. Have you ever done that? Nope. I've never done that. No. I how, do, how do you even do that? You send them an email? Like, <laughs> I have pictures. Like, a couple of people at, um, up in dispatch have because they really? have like um, finger tattoos that they got way they prior. Got hired. Right. With. Right. But then everyone raised hell about one of the Stupid. people that we were hiring in. He had a tattoo right behind his ear. Of like female dogs, they have that line tattooed. Right. He got one there for his dog. He's like, I love my dog. I'm gonna get the same tattoo that she has. And um, how offensive! Yeah, I'm sure so people are appalled by that. That started a movement of <laughs> so certain people stupid. to get their pictures taken of their tattoos that they had in places we shouldn't have them <laughs> and get approval. It's the stupidest thing I've ever yeah. heard. I know. It's I the agree. Stupidest policy I've ever 1, heard. One thousand percent. I'll just wear a turtleneck and a ski mask. Yeah, right? I'd rather Am do I that. more professional now? Yeah. Like, do I look more professional? Do you think I'm going to rob a bank or do you think I'm going to dispatch well, for 911? Especially when you're like up in the dispatch center. No one says Like, us. oh, people are going to hear you when you say, you know, 911 is, what's the address? Like, that no. chick definitely has tattoos, do you obviously. Remember, did I tell you this? I told you this story. I don't know if I said it on here. I took a call of this guy who literally was like telling me about something suspicious going on at his neighbor's house. And he's like, I'm like, well, what's, what's going on? He's like, well, you know, know that the girl that works there she's a tattoo artist and you know what kind of person that is and i was like tell me more there was just like really long silence and i literally okay. was just like do you want an officer to contact you because i was like i'm not even gonna <laughs> i can't even go down this road with this man because he doesn't understand that like over half of my body is probably tattooed at this point yep <laughs> what <laughs> oh yeah i know i know what kind of people those are that means that you're the douchebag sir because we're yes. dope we're cool <laughs> suck my dick so fucking stupid. It's so dude. dumb. It's like if you only knew it's the person so you were dumb. talking to. That's such like an antiquated <laughs> like way of thinking too. Yeah, that the person that you're talking to has to fit your ideas because you're talking to them. Well, you, you know what no kind idea. of person that is. Like yeah. what, one. What do you mean? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't even want to go down that road. I feel like I already had like a feisty day, so I was like, oh, oh, yeah. I can't get fired today. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Great. Uh well welcome to Who Knew. <laughs> welcome. Podcast where we talk about tattoos and old people and their terrible views. He was like in his forties. He wasn't even that old. Mm. Old enough. Old enough to be 
dumb. Yeah, douche. Fuck. Um, yeah, totally. No. Do you have anything for the good of the cause before we get a rolling? No. Um, sorry that we're delayed on the bonus episodes for Patreon. Um, I I've been depressed. <laughs> If I'm going to be completely frank, um, basically since Christmas to like this week, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of movies and then we watched like a lot depressed. of movies at once. So we'll get caught up. I'm we'll sure. get caught up. And I'm sorry. It's just going to be a little late. We'll have two ups out this month. Then we'll get back to the first and 15th of every month. We'll get some pregame yeah. movies in. But totes, 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 yeah, totes, no, totes. sorry. Severe depression's not fun. So yeah. Yeah. And I can't find a therapist. <laughs> so if you know a therapist, I mean, you did find a therapist. They just like left. It was the weirdest thing. You're though. getting ghosted by your therapist. I'm getting ghosted yeah. by my tattoo artist. Like what? It like, is the fuck, season, I guess. Dude. <laughs> I just need medication. <laughs> That's all I want. Do you want me to keep that in here? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. All right. <laughs> cool. It's good to talk about your mental health. Okay. It's good. okay to not be okay, people. And if you need medication, that's good. Yeah, yeah. As long as you find the right balance. You're self-aware. And not self-medicating. Correct. I am right now with tattoos. You I have to care. listen to this tomorrow and be like... <laughs> it's it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> I don't care. Let people listen to how fucked up I am. That's fine. Well, you want to uh, talk about some ghosts then? <laughs> or like what? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, Have you... Besides what I've told you, have you ever heard of the USS Constitution? No. Cool. Mm-hmm. This thing's wild. I know. We By should the... go to there. Yeah, I agree. By the name, before you even talk to me about it, it just sounds like it would be very old, because I feel like nowadays we would not name a ship Constitution. Correct. Um, in fact, it's the oldest ship of that of any type uh, at of the U.S. Navies, uh, that's still afloat. So you're correct. It's very old. It's sister ship, the um, USS Congress. The USS Congress. <laughs> what uh, I was, gonna say was Statue put of to rest a long time ago. The so, USS no, this Liberty. is actually older than the Statue of Liberty is. So they surprised. couldn't have named it that. Oh shit! Because yeah, the USS Washington. I mean, he was around when it when this was sailing. I'm trying to think so. of like what was relevant during the time. <laughs> the Constitution think specifically yep, was very real. relevant. So that's it. <laughs> um, the USS Constitution, uh, nicknamed Old Ironsides, which I'll explain that in a minute, is a three-masted, wooden-hulled, heavy frig- frigate. I gotta frigate. I gotta get that right. Frigate, frigate. What is a three-masted, wooden-hulled, heavy frigate of the U.S. Navy? Uh, she is the world's oldest ship of any type, of any type, uh, still afloat. In 1785, I think that means it's literally the oldest probably in the world that's still afloat. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, there might be other wooden ships that are still afloat, like in some other countries. though? There's, They've done, the thing is, with this one, they've done extensive like restoration and repairs and things like that that. like there are countries that are way older than america so i don't find it but did they upkeep their ship i i don't know i don't know i mean millions of dollars have gone into this england and paris they still have buildings from like the 400s like yeah but they're not in water they're not wood and in water. I mean, Venice is still floating. It's not wood or in 
it's in water, but <laughs> I don't know. Any who's it? Uh, in 1785, Barbary pirates started seizing. Barbary? Yes. What does that mean? It's a country. I think Barbados, probably. Oh, that makes sense. I um, was thinking Bur. Never mind. Burberry. I was thinking of the, the like the clothing brand. <laughs> uh. Pirates began to seize American merchant vessels in the Mediterranean Sea. Pitches. Most notably, ugh, most notably from Algiers. Um, in 1793 alone, 11 American ships were captured and their crews and stores were held for ransom. So that's a big problem. That's a lot. To combat that problem, a bunch of proposals were made for warships to be built to protect American shipping, resulting in the Naval Act of 1794. That act provided funds to construct six frigates, uh, but it included a clause that the construction of the ships would be halted if peace terms uh, were agreed to with Algiers, which never happened. So then the ships got built. Right. Can I just side note, every time you say frigate, I just hear like a record player go frigate, frigate, frigate. You know what I mean? (laughs) The record, record. Never mind. You guys know what I mean. I hear it. Okay. I hear it. I get you. I'm just going to say ship from now on. Okay. Um, You don't want me to giggle? No. Every time you say frigate? Okay. (laughs) Um, She was launched in 1797, one of six original ships authorized for construction by the Naval Act. Uh, The name Constitution was among 10 names submitted to George Washington. Ten? Mm -hmm. That's it? They weren't very clever? There were six ships, so only four got booted. (laughs) Uh, I nowadays, if that were to happen, there'd be hundreds of names. There's submitted. no internet oh. or phones. <laughs> or okay, okay, fine. <laughs> or like billions of people. Correct. There was like thirteen states. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop interrupting. I'm sorry. Um. Eish. Joshua Humphreys designed the ships to be the young Navy's capital ships, and so Constitution and her sister ships were larger and more heavily armed uh, and better built than standard ships of the period. She was built at Edmund Hart's shipyard. In, shipyard? It's because I said frigate. <laughs> shipyard, frigate. <laughs> in the north end of Boston. Uh, her first duties were to provide protection for American merchant shipping during the Quasi-War with France, and then to defeat the Barbary pirates in the First Barbary War. That's Something we don't word. learn about. Oh yeah, that for sure. I've never heard of that. Never have I ever. Constitution was most noted for her actions during the War of 1812 against the United Kingdom. That I knew about. Right. When she captured numerous mer- merchant ships and defeated uh, five British warships, the HMS Guerre, the Java, the Pictou, the Cyan, and the Levant. Um, the battle with Guerre earned her the nickname Old Ironsides and public adoration that has repeatedly saved her from scrapping. Um, the Constitution was built in an era where a ship's expected service life was 10 to 15 years. The Secretary of the Navy, John Branch, made a routine order of surveys of all the different ships that were in the fleet, and um, him and the commandant of the Charlestown Navy Yard estimated a repair cost for the Constitution of, at the time, um, $157,000. 
which was a lot back in like late 1700s, early 1800s. 150,000? I thought it was going to be like $1,000. No. And that'd be like a million dollars today. Yeah, $150,000. So then the Navy was like, fuck that. We're not doing that. Yeah. But two days after that was kind of put out, Oliver Wendell Holmes uh, had a poem called Old Ironsides, and that was published in the same paper as the report of the ship being scrapped. Oh, so people pulled their money. Right. So a whole it ignited public indignation and incited efforts to save the ship what? from the scrapyard because everybody was so pumped about it. Oh, man. If that doesn't scream America, I don't know what does. I know. <laughs> so Secretary Branch approved the costs and the Constitution Damn. began a leisurely repair period while waiting <laughs> like, for the... Yeah, 15 to 20 years to repair the ship that was supposed to Awaiting be 15 to 20 years. Awaiting completion of the dry dock, then under construction at that yard. Um, after that, she continued to serve as the flagship in the Mediterranean and the African squadrons and circled around the world in the 1840s. That's pretty cool. During the Civil War, she served as a training ship for the Navy, uh, basically the Naval Academy was, like, boarded there. So they would, like, sleep on the ship, which was kind of cool. That is cool. She carried American artwork and industrial displays to the Paris Exposition of 1878. That's pretty cool. And she was retired from active service in 1881 and served as a receiving ship until being designated a museum ship in 1907. That's kind of early on in its life's lifetime i know being right? a museum ship yeah <laughs> in 1900 uh, congress authorized the restoration of the constitution but didn't appropriate any funds for it um as they expected funding for that to be raised privately or through the american people like last time correct uh <laughs> the massachusetts society of the united daughters of the war of 1812 the longest name in the entire fucking world, spearheaded an effort to raise funds, but they failed. And then in 1903, okay. the Massachusetts Historical Society um, requested of Congress that the Constitution be rehabbed and placed back into active service. What? 1905, Secretary of the Navy uh, suggested that the Constitution be towed out to sea and used as target practice, oh after God. which she would be allowed to sink. That didn't go well. Moses H. Gillesian read about this in a Boston newspaper, and he was uh, appalled, as a lot of people were. He's also a businessman from Worcester, Massachusetts, and he offered to purchase the ship for $10,000. State Department was like, we're not doing that. But he, him saying that uh, initiated a public campaign which began from Boston and ultimately spilled all over the country. All the protests from the public prompted Congress to authorize $100,000 in 1906 for the ship's restoration. So that's so far $257,000 to restore this ship prior to 1906. <laughs> I guess prior to 1907. Uh, first to be removed uh, was the barrack structure, uh, but the limited amount of funds allowed for just like a partial restoration. <laughs> By 19... They're like, we'll take out half the bunks. Yeah, literally. <laughs> By 1907, the Constitution began to serve as a museum ship with tours offered to the public. December 1st of 1917, 10 years later, she was renamed uh, Old Constitution to free her name for a planned new Lexington-class battlecruiser. 
The name Constitution was originally destined for the lead ship of the class, but was shuffled between holes until CC-5, which was a ship, was given the name. The construction of that ship was canceled in 1923 due to the Washington Naval Treaty, and then the, because that was incomplete, uh, the Constitution was given its name back. Jeez. Yeah, it's a whole fucking thing. 1934, she completed a three-year 90-port tour of the nation. Pretty badass. Sailed under her own power for her 200th birthday in 1997. And then again in August of 2012 to commemorate the 200th anniversary of her victory over the Guerre. Um, Now... Um, the mission of the Constitution is to promote understanding of the Navy's role in war and peace through active participation in public events and education through outreach programs, public asset, access, and historic demonstration. You can go to it for free, totally free, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, her crew of approximately 75 U.S. Navy sailors all participate in ceremonies, educational programs, and special events while keeping the ship open to visitors year-round and providing free tours. The crewmen are all active-duty members of the U.S. Navy, and the assignment is considered a special duty. Um, The Constitution is birthed at Pier 1 of the former Charlestown Navy Yard. I think that's where she was built, too. Um, Probably. I said that earlier, I think. At the terminus of the Boston's Freedom Trail. I don't know where that is. I've never been to that part of Boston. Yeah. Uh, She's open to the public year-round, and the privately run USS Constitution Museum is nearby, located in a restored shipyard building at the foot of Pier 2. Pretty cool if we ever go there. We need to go to both of those. Yeah, we're going to go. Yep. We're in Salem. Yep. How close close is Salem to? I think it's pretty close. I'll look it up, don't you All that shit's really close. If it's in the same state, it's going to be like a two-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Constitution typically makes at least one turnaround cruise every year, during which she's towed to the Boston Harbor to perform some underway demonstrations, including a gun drill. And then she goes back to her dock in the opposite direction, which ensures that she weathers evenly. Good. I don't know. I guess it's good. Right. Um. Let's see... The turnaround cruise is open to the general public based on a lottery draw. So if you win that, you get a B on that cruise and be on the ship while they're doing that, which is pretty cool. That is cool. The Naval History and Heritage Command Detachment, Boston, is responsible for planning and performing her maintenance, repair, and restoration, keeping her as close as possible to her 1812 configuration. That detachment estimates that right now... Approximately 10 to 15 percent of the timber in the Constitution contains the original material installed in uh, 1795 to 1797 when she was being built. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. They've done a lot of restoration, though, as you can tell, because 90 percent of it is not original. Um, Constitution emerged from a three-year repair period in November of 2010. During that time, the whole spar deck was stripped down to the support beams. Decking overhead was replaced to restore all of its original curvature, which allowed water to drain overboard, which is dope, and kept it from standing on deck, which was an issue that it was having. Um, In addition to decking repairs, 50 hull planks in the main hatch were repaired and replaced, and the restoration continued the focus towards keeping her appearance of 1812 by replacing her upper side so that she now resembles what she looked like after her triumph over... 
Gear when she gained the nickname of Old Ironsides. Uh, on May 18th of 2015, ship entered Dry Dock 1 in Charlestown Navy Yard and began a two-year restoration program. Same shit, like... We're just constantly restoring things and fixing things, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Um, for that one, though, guess how much the expected cost was? A million. Keep going. Keep oh going. Oh, my up. God. I don't, I don't. So they were restoring the copper sheets on the ship's hull and replacing all the deck boards. Uh, it was expected to cost between 12 oh. and $15 million. This ship is costing us more and more. This is why we're in debt as a country. Right? Isn't that crazy? Wow. (laughs) Um could not imagine spending money on just something that does nothing for me. (laughs) Well you do it all the time. That's what taxes are. Oh fuck. (laughs) Um to end the history portion on a really cool note, January seventeenth of twenty twenty two, which was two days ago. As of this recording, it will be, what, five days ago as of the yeah, something like that. day we put it out? Uh, Billy J. Farrell became the first woman to command the Constitution. So she, basically what happens is she's put in a command that was on Monday, I think. Sunday, Monday? Tuesday? Yes. Right no, now it's today's the 19th. Tuesday. It's Wednesday now because it's 1210. You're or right. You're right. Um, so it would have been Monday. She was put in command. But then they have like a whole week of like transition basically. Yeah. yeah. So they had like an online kind of Zoom like transition between the former commander and this commander. And then I think I read on Friday the 21st, the day that this episode comes out, um, they're her. it's like her official ceremony. So, that's pretty cool. Super We're dope. talking about how wild that is. I didn't know that that was the case until I was doing this research. And, like, what are like... the odds that we talk yeah. about this right now, this year, this day of this year, like... Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. The chances of that are very interesting. If you're good at figuring out what those odds would be. Well, it seems like they change command every two to three years. So, the odds would be what... One out of I passed what's three sixty three times or three sixty five times three. <laughs> like I don't know. Pretty crazy odds that this happens to come out the day that she's sworn in. Anywho's, let's talk about the hauntings. Whoop, whoop. The first thing that I think you're gonna think is pretty interesting. Um, is there a woman in white? No. In black. No. Red. This has to do with a model of the Constitution. It's called the Black USS Constitution. It's an all-black scale model. Um, and right now, it sits at the National Museum of the United States Navy. And it has a history so creepy that nobody in the government wants this model in their office. A model? Mm-hmm. Like one of the models that you put together? Yes. The cars? What? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Black Ship, as it is also called, is a replica of the USS Constitution, obviously, a relic from the 1790s that remains in Boston. It was returned to Boston 1790s. Uh-huh, from the White House because uh, that model had sat in the president or in the office of JFK and oh, then God. was in the press secretary's office when James Brady uh with james brady and then after both of them were shot the white house said we're gonna go ahead and send this back 
They're like, this is bad luck. So two separate events happened where two these two people who had this model in their office were shot. Okay. And they're like, we're sending this back. Um. So now the boat remains behind a glass case in a museum. Uh, Jesus, babe. I'm so sorry. <laughs> God, she's tipping the whole thing. I'm fixing it. So now the boat remains behind a glass case in the museum. What used to be the old naval gun factory on the same campus where the September of 2013 Navy Yard shooting happened. Oh my god. Yeah, so supposedly it has like a lot of bad juju with it. Dang. Very interesting. As for the actual ship, uh, crew members who sail on it, um, especially on like special occasions, say that objects will roll across the deck for no reason. Like there's no waves that would cause them to do that they just but do it as if the boat is rocking like crazy don't ships just rock not it i mean it depends on where the waves are coming from and how big the waves are and like but generally they just go pretty smooth have you ever been on a boat yes, been, on a boat. <laughs> been on a ship just wondering been on a ferry <laughs> just <laughs> just wondering <laughs> Do you know what he asked me yesterday, guys? <laughs> he asked me if I'd ever seen a chicken. Because this contact paper he was looking at had like a donkey on it and it's this thing that looked like a chicken, but apparently not to him. It doesn't look like a chicken to him. It absolutely does not. It's just a bird. A chicken's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> so are so many other kinds of birds. Could be an ostrich. Who knows? Oh my god, it didn't have the long legs of an ostrich. What are you talking? Have you it ever had seen the an ostrich? tail of like a chicken. So many birds. A chicken mixed with a peacock. That is what that bird was. It's abstract. <laughs> it's <was> on <laughs> wallpaper. Oh my god. <sighs> Anyways. So objects. <laughs> objects roll. Roll across deck for no apparent reason, including a 24 pound cannonball. That's pretty heavy to be doing that. For no reason. It's, a, it's it round. A, it's a cannonball. That's like putting a ball on an angle. It's the boat's not on an angle. But if you your boat it's like not tips, if it's on water, it's rocking. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Water isn't stagnant. It's moving constantly. It, you, you've never been on a boat that doesn't rock back and forth. You might not feel it because it's not like you said. The waves aren't huge. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean that there's not Are the tilt there. Are you saying the there. Titanic was constantly rocking back and forth? Yes. Bullshit. I see your face. <laughs> I see your face. You just but don't want to. But if it's sitting there? No, I'm saying this is not just sitting there. It's moving. Okay. This is when it's sailing. Okay. Okay. This is when it's moving forwards. It's doing this. So uh, the crew on board also claimed to hear strange noises, see apparitions, including the apparitions of children, which confused me. Until I did a little more research, and apparently back in the day... Let me guess it was an orphanage. <laughs> just on this ship. <laughs> no, they would have ship boys, which were <laughs> children who would be frigate, on board... Frigate boys. Fucking children uh, to assist with rigging, which is seems very dangerous for a child, but explains why... The, like rigging like the ropes on the sails. <gasps> this what? is a sailboat. This boat has sails, yes. 
the kids are just like the zooming kid, up there. Well, hopefully not. But they're <laughs> the, the ones like, like in charge of rigging the sales. Yeah. So yeah, um, that could explain the claims of child apparitions. Other claims include heavy footsteps, sounds of guns firing, doors slamming, hammocks swinging on their own, and full body apparitions on all decks. Um, it's believed that there's at least one ghost on the ship by the name of Neil Harvey. Neil was unfortunate enough to fall asleep during his watch, uh, which was a bad thing way, way, way back when, and this would never happen now. At the time, the Commodore, uh, defined the term, quote, overkill when he ordered Neil to be stabbed and then fastened to the cannon and subsequently blown apart. I don't know how true this is, but this is what is reported but that seems like a lot does it not i mean based off of like things that people we, we would do to prisoners back in the yeah. day this doesn't surprise me at all yeah i don't i'm not sure um but, but overkill yeah if that's where overkill came from i yep he definitely defined it for sure uh the constitution was investigated by the taps team uh, which is the Atlantic Paranormal Society, which is the group from Ghost Hunters, like the OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, tap sounds familiar. And they uh, had all kinds of experiences. I think we should watch that episode if we can find it. I, but I haven't watched it yet. I don't recall it back in the day watching it. Um, but they reported a lot of the same things that the crew reports. Uh, crew visitors often feel like they're being watched or followed. Uh -huh. And that was a big thing that taps felt. I hate uh, while that they feeling. were there. So, uh, that is the USS Constitution. Wowie. Wowie. That was very educational. Did you like it? Oliver loved it. Did you learn a lot? Oliver likes ships, so. He does. He likes frigates. <laughs> is the frigate a specific type of ship? Yeah. Like a wooden ship? I don't know. I think they were all wood at the time. In the I know. I was just... Never mind. Are you ready to hear about another boat? Yeah. This one, you know a little bit about... But it's very interesting because it has to do with the Titanic a little bit. Dope. I got to delve more into my Titanic research yes. or like delve back into my research of the Titanic. Love um, it. I know. So I'm talking about the RMS Lusitania. I already fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> the RMS Lusitania. Uh, she was owned by the Cunard Line and her construction began in 1904. So when they were trying to figure out what to do with the USS Constitution, they were building this big boy in Europe. Right. <laughs> um, uh, two years. Oh, I'm sorry. The purpose for the Lusitania was to compete in the lucrative transatlantic passenger trade. So basically. Just like the Titanic. Just like the Titanic, right. except for more. Um, Less sinky. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say less sinky. It, it was just a little bit, uh, I don't know how to explain. Anyways, um, so two years after her construction began, um, the whole and main superstructure were finished. So it launched in June 7th of 1906, but then it was fully completed the following year. So I guess they had to like move it somewhere else to finish the rest of it. I don't really know how that works, gotcha. but... Um, much like literally every other ship that we talk about, um, I don't know about yours, but the Lusitania, I'm going to keep fucking that up. The Lusitania, Lusitania was um, the largest ship in the world at the time, uh, measuring at 787 feet long, and it weighed about 31,550 tons. Fuck, that's 
A lot. So let's compare to the Titanic. Okay. Um, that was six years later. The Titanic was 882 feet long, and the full capacity weighed 52,000 tons. So it's about 20,000 tons larger Good Lord. than the They're like, this one sank and Lusitania. it was a tragedy. Let's uh, make one way bigger. Yeah, literally. Uh, See how that goes. But sadly, the Lusitania didn't hold the title for very long because its sister ship, you might have heard of this one, the Mortania, mm-hmm. uh, also my the Titanic, um, took the title a year later didn't they talk about the mortania yes in rose in her opening yeah. like like scene is like it doesn't right. look any bigger than mortania and cal's like be blase about most things rose but you can't be that about titanic <laughs> it's far much larger and more luxurious than mortania and then her mom comes up and cal's like what is his her mom's name fucking bitch your your daughter is far too difficult Rose. to please. No, Rose is. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, it's Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> Anyways. So the Martini. Go watch Titanic. Go go watch Titanic. The Martinia, like I said, it was like finished a year later, and it was seven hundred ninety feet long, which was only about. Three feet longer than the Lusitania. Oh They're like, hold on, this isn't really that big of a deal, but it is. Um, and it could hold thirty-one thousand nine hundred thirty-eight tons, so four hundred tons more. Wow! But it just it lost the title, so big bummer. Um, so That's like most bullshit. Yeah, literally. But it's the same fucking line. It's the Cunards. So they're like, let's just take our own title by three feet. And four tons, or whatever I said. (laughs) Um, Like most RMS ocean liners, it was luxurious, and it was noted for... Do you want to guess? The speed. Okay. Yeah. The thing that seems to be everyone's downfall (laughs) when it comes to ships. If you have a ship, don't worry about how fast it goes, because it's going to kill you. So... On September 7th, 1907, the ship began its maiden voyage, leaving Liverpool, England to go to New York City. Must be a common route because it's just like the Titanic. Um, A month after its maiden voyage, the Lusitania won a blue riband for the fastest Atlantic crossing, averaging close to 24 knots the entire voyage. I think just the fact that they made it. Yeah. Was a feat in its own. Oh, thank God. Yeah, literally. Um, To which the Mortania. Took that title away too. God, what <laughs> Can we just have something? They had something for like a year. That's it. Um, so now we're going to fast forward to the competition that's probably still happening between the Mortania and Lusitania and like the ghost, ghost world. The ghost, ghost world? Him and ship ghost world. Um, fast forward to May of 1915. Uh, do you know what was going on in the world in 1915, Jack? Uh, was it the world? Was it not? Is it the World Fair? What? No. The World Fair? I don't know what that what is. Are, what do you have? I have like a major war. Fair? In 1915? Yeah. 
Which one? The first one. The world. I don't give a shit about that one. I like <laughs> World War II. Okay, sorry. World well, War II. So sorry. Um, so World War One was going on uh, in 1915. The Lusitania was returning to Liverpool from New York City, and it had 1,959 passengers and crew on board. Plus, they were carrying a shit ton of rifle ammunition and shells, about 173 tons of it. The British Admiralty warned the Lusitania to avoid the area um, that they were going to, Liverpool, because basically they wanted them to change like course every few minutes, wanted to go at regular intervals, they wanted them to zigzag their course, they wanted oh, yeah, them to super be boats and shit. evasive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the captain of the Lusitania, William Thomas, chose to ignore this recommendation. He's like, <laughs> get fucked. Yeah, literally. The Lusitania, the second fastest ship ever. <laughs> Um, Even though the Germans had circulated specific warnings, apparently to U.S. newspapers the morning after she left New York City, that the ship would be sunk. They literally were like, we're going to kill your ship. Like, listen, we don't give a shit. We see your ship, and it's not one of ours. We're fucking shooting it. They're like, we know that you are just bringing goods to your allies, but you're not part of the war. (laughs) Anyways. um, There were definitely people on that, though, right? Oh, yeah, there was almost 2,000 people on there. Yeah. Um, so the captain basically thought that the ship's speed would make them able to avoid the enemies. They are like, I don't need a zigzag. That's just going to slow us down. If we just go the like 12 miles an hour, we can make it. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty fucking slow. I don't know how fast it was exactly. Um, but we can run that fast. Yeah. It's like a sprint. On water. Easy. On water. <laughs> Uh, so upon giving the warnings, the Germans, since they weren't like getting an answer back or they assumed the ship was still coming, they felt that they would be justified in attacking the ship since no one had heeded their warnings. They're like, hey, this isn't a war crime because we're told we're telling you this is going to happen. So you can't get mad at us when it happens. Okay. Um, that's not, that's not what happens. Uh, we do get mad. Um, so... (laughs) And also at the time, there were several sinkings of merchant ships on the south coast of Ireland, which is about where the ship is going. Um, And there were reports of submarine activity that happened while the Lusitania was on voyage. So, like, all of these things are just not adding up very well for the ship. Um, But even with this information, the captain was like, fuck this, I got speed. I don't need anything else. Um... So, May 7th came, and the captain actually chose. <laughs> the thing that kills me is he's like, you know what we have on our side? Speed. But you know what we're going to do? Slow down. So he slows down the ship because he is entering a fog area. So he's like, ah, yeah, we're just going to slow down a little bit. Got to be gotta be careful. But because of that, around 2.12 in the afternoon, a torpedo, a singular torpedo struck the Lusitania in the very middle of the ship. It's like, very middle. It's perfect aim. Um, Obviously, an explosion followed because the 173 tons of ammunition was on the ship, to which um, the, like, impact of the torpedo likely caused damage to the ship's steam engines and pipes, so it was kind of just fucked. Um, The craziest thing about this to me, though, is that Exactly 18 minutes 
is how long it took for this ship to sink. 18 minutes. Jeez, that's... It took, what, the Titanic, like, two hours? I think it was just, like, a little over an hour. An yeah. hour, two hours, something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. 18 minutes. 18 minutes. fucked. Yeah. Um, so, because of the 18 minutes, I'm sure you can assume that a lot of people died. Um, to be exact, 1,198 people had drowned or died in the sinking of the Lusitania. Um, 128 of those people were U.S. citizens. Damn. So, thus, brought a rally from American citizens back on the homeland Sense. to join the war. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? We're going to stand for this? That's our, those are our people that you just, like, yeah. get blown up. Um, but the U.S. government clung to neutrality. Um, among those who survived was the captain, um, who was washed clear of this bridge as um, the ship sank. So, he survived by spending three hours in the water like clinging onto this bridge um that sucks so at least it wasn't like a super cold night they were like right off of ireland so it wasn't like frigid icy waters so whoever was in the water probably survived a lot of people i i think i looked and saw that like only six people died like weeks after from like injuries related to the or something like that you know that statistic never really comes up with titanic stuff is that because they didn't really pull a lot of people from the water? I think also because, yeah, that's that, because the people that po- got pulled right. probably survived because they were at least out of the water. But if they did. I feel like most of the survivors on Titanic were, were the ones, the on ones the ship. who got on the lifeboats. Yeah. And, like, I feel like they fucking froze. I can't remember how quick. many. It was, it was less than, I feel like, 10 that got pulled out of the yeah. water. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't follow follow up. Oh, no. They were like, this is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> we're just never going to talk to you again. Have a great life. Um, except for... Have a great life. Please don't sue. Yeah. Please don't sue us. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> free ride next time. Um, so, where was I? Uh, May 13th, 1915, just six days after this happened, the U.S. government sent a note to Berlin expressing the indictment of the principles of which the submarine war was being fought. Uh, the note was written by Secretary of State William Jennings Bryan, a pacifist who was leery of issuing too forceful a rebuke out of fear that it might draw the U.S. into war. Weird. Um <laughs> This note and two following ones constituted the immediate limit of U.S. reaction to the Lusitania accident, or incident, I mean. It was not an accident. It was definitely intentional. Um, the United States eventually protested the attack on the ship, and Germany apologized and pledged to end unrestricted submarine warfare. However, in November of the same year, a U-boat sunk an Italian liner without warning. This time, they didn't warn at all. So it killed more than 270 people, including more than 25 Americans. So clearly, German do- Germany doesn't fucking care. Are we surprised? However, later in 1917, when the U.S. did finally join the war, the U.S. did cite German submarine warfare as a justification for America uh, to enter the war. So they're like, oh, this is why we entered. Not because of the dumb ship that you guys right. keep talking about. It's because there was a lot of war going on in the ship <laughs> the, the, under the water that you can't see. Um, so there was a lot of drama about Germany and war rules to which I know I've discussed this with you personally about how <laughs> I don't understand how there can be like war crimes when you're fighting a war. Let me explain. 
when you're fighting a war, in my mind, I just think it's all or nothing. Like, you get to kill people legally. You get to... But, the, but yeah, exactly. You can kill people, but you can't do... You can't kill them this way. You know? It's like... So ha, those what are rules, the rules didn't exist until after um, World War Two Because that's when, like, Germany and, like, all of that went on trial, right? For everything that happened in... All the countries that were involved were like, fuck, we got to set some fucking ground rules. They came up with the, oh, they're the rules of engagement per the Geneva Convention. Oh, yeah. So that happened after World War II, I believe. I'm just, I'm But before I, that, it didn't fucking matter. You did whatever you wanted to do. And that's why there were so many horrible deaths. Like, right now, like, you can't use mustard gas. And that's primarily what was used in World War One. Mm-hmm. You can't use a fifty cal round on humans. You have to use it on like tanks and vehicles. Like, but I mean, it's a war. So what's gonna stop fuckers like the next Hitler from doing that shit? Prosecution of war crimes. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about they prosecution. They sure gave a fuck when they were on trial. Yeah, I'm sure. So I don't know. I just I I'm not an evil person, but I would imagine if I was, I would not give a fuck if you're gonna throw me in prison if I get caught doing this shit. Because I'm having fun. Wow. I'm just saying that that you think Hitler killed all those Jewish people because he, like. That's why there's consequences for it. There weren't consequences before, so it allowed (laughs) people who felt that way to to just just do do whatever the fuck they wanted. But now you get sociopaths who think that and they're like, fuck, if I actually do do this, I'm going to be probably killed uh, because of war crimes. I guess it just, it doesn't make sense to my mind of somebody that's that fucked up, that wants to do these awful things to people, like mass genocide. I guess it's maybe the narcissism for them to be like, oh, I, I don't want anything to happen to me. Is I that what it is? It, I, because I, yes. I would think that they wouldn't give a fuck about like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Throw me in prison. That's nothing. No, I think they give a lot of fucks. If you're willing to do that shit for fun, um, I think you're narcissistic enough to have enough worry about your self-preservation to be like i don't really want to be put to death for this that's the hope anyways hmm. you're right um so let's get back to a ship um it gets a little bit worse about like what happened to the lusitania as we're looking at what was going on on the ship as they got closer to their destination um captain william turner was ignoring like i said everything that the german was the German, fuck, the German people were, like, warning them about. Right. Like, they were like, we're not listening to these warnings. We're not listening to you. Correct. I don't fucking care. I'm, f- I'm too f- fast as fuck, boy. Um, but, and also, they didn't listen to any of the recommendations on how to avoid these types of attacks. The serpentine. Yeah. yeah. So, he was also... Stri- zigzag. Yeah, he didn't zigzag. He zogged. So he was steaming um, too close to shore. <laughs> um, he was, like, pretty close to the shore for a large ship, uh, which is apparently where U-boats loved to be. So they were like, <laughs> we're going to get him. Um, and instead of, like, they, they wanted the ship to be, like, in the open channel, like, out in the open water where it's, like, more secure. You have more places to turn if shit goes wrong, you know? I guess that makes sense to you know, nautical terms. Yourself. Yeah. Right. 
Um, he was sailing, like I said, at less than top speed than what he was cruising at before. He wasn't zigzagging, like I just said. Um, but this, my sources, which was like Britannica, I think, um, in history, they basically all believed they were like, to be fair, um, it must be stated that the captain was steering the Lusitania farther from shore than it has been previously. So, like, he was doing better than the last time. So, it's good for him. He did something good, I guess, but he lost. Um, the captain had many years as a merchant captain, and that undoubtedly inclined him to trust his own instincts over bureaucratic directives and that he didn't fully understand. He was like, I I mean, I get it. It's like, I don't want to zigzag because it takes more time. And like, I'm the yeah. fastest ship in the world until the fucking Mortania. Right. Like, I, I can do this. But, you know, that shit just really clouds your judgment. So I'm going to talk about some theories about the shipwreck. Because it went down in 18 minutes, which is kind of unheard of for a ship. Um, there are several questions surrounding the destruction of the ship and why... Um, like it exploded there was a second explosion mm -hmm. like what was going on so many have argued that it had uh contraband munitions on it Bur even uh, though i told you that it had like 173 tons of fucking ammo on it so i don't know what the fuck you're talking about conspiracy theorists have even claimed that the british sank the ship deliberately to hasten or hasten 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 i was right the first time fuck to hasten america's entry into the war <laughs> that's really fucking evil for the british to be like you know what let's destroy no this fucking, fucking rules, ship though. because we want america to join us because we're gonna lose if we don't um to get the answers to some questions pbs of all fucking things gathered up a crew to the wreckage of the lusitania to see what they could find pb fucking s it is the most random source that I found, but it was the most <laughs> thorough. It was so weird. Um, so the wreckage lies at 290 feet below the water surface, just south of Old Head of Kinsale, Ireland. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, but when they got there in 1993, so this all happened in 1993. It had been, uh, what, that happened in 1915? So like 70 years, give or take. Uh, they found not a lot because <laughs> a lot of pieces were missing from like scavengers and stuff mm -hmm. taking like anchors and the bronze propellers how the fuck you get a bronze propeller off Jeez. a ship that's a lot of work that's some fucking uncharted bullshit um <laughs> so oh excuse me hiccup the hole itself was torn in two messed up pieces that collapsed um when it collapsed it collapsed to half of its original width um, and it's laying mainly on the starboard side, which is the same side where the torpedo hit. Right. So PBS wasn't able to like see the point of impact to really get an understanding as to like how much damage yeah. was done. Yeah. Um, the bow itself was completely torn free from the rest of the ship upon destruction. The bow is the front of the ship, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's this reminds me so much of the Titanic because it that ship was also split in two. Right. The bow was separate from the hull, like. So weird. Um, but PBS found nothing to suggest that the ship was sabotaged, which I'm not sure what you can find in 70 years. Um, nor was there any evidence of an explosion in the area of the ship's magazine, which is presumably where contraband munitions, if there were any, would have been stowed. 
Um, so that's at least good that they didn't find any damage there that was beyond just being underwater for however long. Um, the other strong possibility was a boiler explosion. Seems highly unlikely since none of uh, that was reported from any of the survivors Man. from the three boiler rooms that were in operation. So that kind of just sank and dissipated. Um, because of that, PBS concluded that the only real clues of the cause of the secondary explosion were the many lumps of coal that were scattered across the seafloor near the ship, which may have fallen from her as she had sank. So they're thinking that it basically the torpedo ripped open the ship on the starboard coal bunkers and nearly empty, which they were nearly empty at the end of the right. the voyage. Um, the violent impact kicked up the coals, uh, the clouds of the coal, and it just like turned into dust, which then mixed with the oxygen and touched by fire became explosive. Yeah. Um the resulting blast, the reported second explosion uh, that ripped open the starboard side of the hole and just fucking Damn. killed it. So just a really bad placement for coal and uh, for the ship to have gone. Yeah. Big bummer. Unfortunately, I don't have any ghost stories for you because there wasn't... I mean, if you look at the right. PBS's uh, website about it, they go into depth about, like, the things, the creepy things that they found, like, people's belongings and stuff, like, throughout the seafloor and stuff like that. But right. I'm not going to go through that because it wasn't very interesting to me. Right. So. That's it. That's the Lusitania. Damn. Yeah. Titanic, Lusitania, Mortania, sister ships. That's nuts. Yeah. Big bummer if yeah. it was, like, a British plan to make it look I like the germans it. yeah no. i fucking doubt it germany like that come out sent the warnings to u.s papers yeah but i'm like confused i'm like why would they send that to the u.s because it left from the u.s once you send it to fucking ireland where it's gonna dock or like uh it. england or i don't remember where it was gonna dock but <sighs> once you send that to like the cunard line that's in charge of the ship i think so yeah yeah i don't know i don't know Crazy story. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks uh, to my friend Natalie who doesn't listen to this. She's the one that told me about the story and I was interested. She should listen to this. She should. Natalie, you should listen to this. You should. You will, eventually. I'll tell her about we'll this get one you. and maybe she'll listen. We'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have anything else? Um. No. I'm running out of ideas, so I'm just doing random city generators for my stories. If you guys want to submit... One. Yeah, except for this one. This one was a list that I had going for a little bit. That's what I do is whenever I'm on like TikTok and I see something cool, I have it on like a list in my notes app. <sighs> TikTok hasn't been very popular lately. No, you haven't been on ghosty true crime TikTok? No, lately? I've been on Book Talk. Yeah. I have a lot of books <laughs> saved in the library. But you just got to search like true crime. Oh, I don't search. Why? Well, I just let the the app do its but magic. why not search i don't it sounds like a lot of work guys i took a Ooh. test today that <laughs> lets you know how autistic you are it's the actual diagnostic test it's mm -hmm. the rads are mm -hmm. and it's a legitimate mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not a buzzfeed quiz no it's the legitimate like self you self-answer things, but uh, it's like the adults 16 and up, what 
the assessment that is generally given to determine basally <laughs> if you're on the autism spectrum. We both are, and I'm not surprised by that. No. I've thought I was autistic since I was in, like a psych student. In that college, makes sense. So. Because you're all smart with your degree. And yeah. Doing stuff. Degree. No, it uh, makes a lot of sense, to be honest with you. So, I find it hard to believe that nobody isn't. Because some of those questions, I was like, this, duh, of course. I feel like a lot more. I, I feel like it's very underdiagnosed. Yeah. For sure. Because I feel like the spectrum has grown so much and has broadened to where there's so many types of autism that are so high functioning that you would never think to go get diagnosed with that specifically or think to maybe even bring that up with a therapist mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so not I a know. lot of therapists specialize in like i was looking for Adult, a uh, therapist for like adhd they, a lot of therapists will not even mess around even with ad- adult adhd no. diagnoses no. or any, if you weren't diagnosed as a kid, you're probably not going to get diagnosed as a, an adult. Yeah. Just I saying. need to know who M from And That's Why We Drink got because they got diagnosed with ADHD. They found a therapist and stuff like that. They're in California. That's probably that's a lot true. more well, options than back. where we're at. You'd think that Colorado would be like up and coming for that shit. They might be. I don't know. Maybe I just haven't looked well enough. It's yeah. probably in Denver. Yeah. Denver, Fort Collins. Whatever. Hard to say. But anyways, I'm autistic. Hello, it's <laughs> nice to meet you. Per a self assessment. Per a self assessment. But uh That's it. I'll stop talking now. Makes sense for both of us, I think. Um that is all I have. Oliver is guarding the door, so he's not oh, here to say oh. goodbye. <laughs> he is so cute. He didn't like my lap, so No. He's very particular. Ollie. Sweet boy. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Have fun. Be safe.